Hello guys and welcome back to another episode of Super Coach Mates. No, we haven't all died. Um, we've just had a very, very long pre-season, but uh, now it's time for us to get stuck into the nits and grits of Super Coach 2023. Um, so I'm Nathan, I'll be your sort of host, QC, whatever you want to call it today. Um, I've got Thomas and Jonas here who are both uh, the other guys who were in the podcast last year. So uh, I'll start off with you, Thomas. So uh, what have you got up to over the sort of our off-season? What have you been um, up to? Not too much. Just, yeah, I went to Europe uh, for the last couple of weeks, which is nice to get out um, and about over November period. Um, but, yeah, just back in Melbourne now, which is nice to get a bit of the warm weather. Yep, and how about you, Jonas? What have you been up to? Nothing footy related. Finished off uni and been exercising a bit, but other than that, just enjoying, I mean, freedom, holidays before work next year. How about you? Yeah, I've been much the same, just working and uh, and uh, just keeping busy watching some cricket. Not that there's been much on because I've been a demolition job by the Aussies, but... Anyway, so obviously, as I said off the top, um, so our main job here is super coach. So we're in the pre-season. So what we're going to do quickly, we're just going to spend about five or ten minutes just talking about each of our teams and uh, sort of why we've picked some of the players that we have. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you guys can uh, take some learnings out of this and uh, maybe change your own teams to fit some players in that, We've got so uh, who wants to go off the top? I've, I've got yours up on screen, Jonas. So I'm just gonna pick you since sure. you're on here. Yeah, I, I think that's yours. I think that's yours there. Uh, yeah. so let's talk about so you so see your back line. So you've got Stuart Dawson and Nick Dacos in there. Are you happy with that? Yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. I think Nick Dacos provides a bit of upside and is a bit cheaper than the other two. So I think he can improve a bit and maybe push into the middle. Stewart, I wasn't – he was, like, picked behind Dawson and Dacos, but I think I need three premium defenders in the back line because some of the rookies, I don't think they're going to be scoring a lot. So I don't want, say, a Charlie Dean on field. Therefore, I'm – locking myself in with him. And then Dawson's just an enjoyable player to own. Dominated last year, so I'm happy to roll with him again. And he's not injury prone, so that's why I'm rolling with those three. Yep. And uh, obviously the rookies probably aren't going to be as relevant now, um, given that we're still in preseason. But, um, yeah, no, so we'll move on to the midfield. So uh, Laird and Miller... In fact, you've got a few big guys in here. Are you happy with four, or do you think you might drop one of them out? No, I'm pretty happy with four because those mid-premiums are where you get your main source of scoring. So Laird's just a consistent player. I do have a bit of a concern over his age. I think think he had his 29th birthday yesterday, but he doesn't really get tagged, and I don't see anyone pushing him out of the middle and – he loves the tackle. So I think he's a pretty safe captaincy option. And his, his scoring never really fluctuates. So it's going to be difficult to get him 
below 650, unlike an Oliver, for instance, who might get tagged out of a game and you'll know you'll be able to pick him up at 630k at some stage of the year. And I think Steel presents some decent value, although I want to see how uh, Ross Lyon plays um, some of these players. I'm not sure it affects Steel too much, but still something to monitor. Bonson Pally, I think you'll get a bit more mid-time with uh, Dunkley leaving. And Miller just, I think he started off last year a bit slow, but I think with Gold Coast on the rise a bit more and Ben King probably playing um, some regular footy, he'll have someone to kick the ball to, so more goal, goal assists. So I think he's a pretty consistent option and a bit of a workhorse. Yep, and uh, Darcy Cummins in the ruck, are you banking on him improving his scoring from last year? I think if Mason Cox isn't playing, which I don't think he will because Collingwood brought in McStay, and I don't see how we'd be playing all three of those, I'm pretty sure Cameron's a pretty safe option given the fact that Cox isn't there. He'll have the ruck line to himself. And there aren't too many other good rocks out there. So it's basically a process of elimination, really, for me. And it does help that he's got um, rock forward swing. So say uh, Brody Grundy's playing really well and looks like he's occupying all the rock line or Rowan Marshall, um, I can always swing Cameron forward and have have Marshall um, in that R2 spot. Yep. And... Uh... Forward line here, so we've gone three big boys and five for F4. Um, I've actually found the forward line a bit difficult this year to our uh, picks plays. What have you uh, thought about the forward line this year? What do you think of the mix down there? Yeah, it's a pretty interesting one because there are a lot of decent options. Like I haven't included Dylan Moore, Rosie or Butters. But oh, I think is a clear standout. Um, Taranto has been performing really well in the time trials and I think at a new club alongside Hopper they should get um, a fair portion of the mid uh, rotation so I see some good upside in that pick especially at a low 500s price Um, and with Cornelio a bit more of a point of difference because most people going towards Rosie but at at the time of um, recording, I'm pretty happy to spend an extra 50k to have a bit more of a unique player who looks to have re-entered uh, his prime and without Taranto or Hopper there, should get ample mid-time. And we saw what he did towards the end of last year. Um, he had some really big scores, can go forward, kick a goal, doesn't really cop a tag. Um, I'm slightly concerned about his age because he's the same as uh, Laird. But in saying that, I think alongside Tom Green, they should carry that midfield. And I'm not too sold on Rosie because Rosie's scoring fluctuated a lot last year. He'd score 60 and then 120. I'm not sure what Juan Francis does with that. But, yeah, with Cornelio at the moment, it's a bit of a wait and see. See what happens with the new coaching structure. But I assume he'll be playing predominantly in the middle, given the fact that JWS have lost two of their main midfielders. So I'm happy to pay up for him. With Nat Fife, though, I'm not too sure. He's there at the moment more of as a, of as a placeholder. I don't think he'll get 
a heap of mid-time. But in saying that, he scored okay um, in 2022 when he did play at stages. But one also to definitely monitor. I'm not too hot on him as some other people are. Yep. And uh, Toby McLean, what are you... Is he a lock if he plays in round one? Or yeah, 100% lock for yep. me. He's shown good scoring history. And the good thing about some of these players, like McLean, Daniels and Fife, is they keep Ben King off the field, who could easily have the ability to score 35 one week. Um, so that's probably the reason why I've got Fife in the team at the moment. And then with Daniels, he should have pretty good job security as well. So whilst he might not score gigantic each week, once again, a 60 from Daniels is better than a 35 from King. Yeah, I would go along with that too. Have you got anything to add, Thomas? Um, Not really. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty stock standard team, as most people would have at this early in the season, uh, pre-season, because you can't really gauge on on who's who's performing who's not because it's you know pre pre january um the only question i have for you is and something that i'll probably talk about when nathan pops up my team is what are your thoughts on moving darcy cameron um forward so you have the ability to um have another ruckman who's potentially going to score all right um and you have the kind of consistency with cameron in the forward line whereas you know, someone like Canelio or Taranto might not score as consistent, just maybe because of tag, maybe because of a tag or something. Yeah, I think it's a valid point. I, when you're looking at that option, you're comparing, say, a Darcy or a Rowan Marshall or one of those types to one of those premium forwards that you're selecting, like Rosie, Canelio, and Taranto. And I think those three mid forwards are much safer, probably more durable options than both Darcy, who has the problem of Luke Jackson, and Rowan Marshall, who does often get injured and with King injured at at this point in time and for a bit of the start of the season, he could play forward a bit as uh, Jack Hayes comes into the side. So I think um, picking one of these midfielders in the forward line and keeping Cameron in the ruck is my preferred option. Seems a bit safer. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I think that's a pretty good wrap-up of Jonas's side. So uh, we'll move on to your side now, Thomas. Uh, just let me get it up. Here it is. And I've just got to just bear with me. I've got to flick the screen recording over. Uh, there you go. All right, so Thomas, so this is your side up here. So you've pretty much got the same sort of setup in the back line with Sicily, Dawson, and Nick Dacos. Um, are you happy with those three? Um, yeah, I mean, pretty pretty happy with those three. Um, obviously, Dawson and Dacos kind of pick themselves. Dacos, probably, I mean, his price is... Um, quite valid for his scoring output. I mean, 100k cheaper than the likes of Dawson when he was pumping out. Arguably the same amount of scores as what those two are doing. It'd be interesting to see how he goes in his second season if he continues his way or, you know, or, or more attention comes onto him or anything like that. But I guess time will tell um, for that one. Sicily, 
he was between him and Stewart really, um, but I like what Sicily brought last year and I kind of was a bit annoyed not picking him at the start of the season. Um, last year when he was about 200k cheaper. Um, but yeah, he's one that was very consistent last year and was easily racking up 100s even by three-quarter time. And he's, especially in a young Hawthorne side, um, could be very important that role and I reckon even more so ne- uh, next year where all of the ball will go, go through him, I reckon. And uh, Nick Caulfield, uh, what, what's your reason behind that pick? Um, it was tossing up between a few of those in that range. So you've got, obviously, a bit more expensive in the likes of Hunter Clark, Elliot Yo, um, Caulfield is one of them. So, obviously, Caulfield was yeah, injured uh, all of last year. Um, and it, he's kind of a placeholder at the moment. It just really depends on how he goes pre-season. But I think him fully fit at that price is yeah, a little bit different, but I reckon he'll pump out a few consistent scores. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the ball comes down a fair bit next season for St Kilda, and Caulfield's a pretty good intercept marker. And when he's in form, he, he can really cement a spot. Um, but he's probably the first one to go in that back line with regards to other people in that area um i've kind of allowed myself a bit of cash if i can drop down one of those top four midfielders um to allow a bit more money to go into coffee but he's one that is a bit different at the moment but i'll leave now um just to see how he goes in the preseason yep and uh, obviously as we spoke about with jonas the rookies are sort of not able to be picked at the minute they're just in here purely for the sake of the podcast yeah exactly. um moving on to the midfield so i can see you haven't got Rory lead in here is there mm-hmm. a particular reason behind that um i mean jonas made a fair point that he doesn't really fluctuate in his scoring so his price doesn't really deviate too much but i mean i'm not really a huge fan of paying 700k for someone that um really shot up last year but he's one that can easily come and he's only 1k cheaper than oliver oliver the main reason i brought him in is he's just Whilst he's, you know, capable of having a stinker, which is usually against GWS, um, he's just capable of scoring 200s, you know, without no doubt. Um, and I think with Melbourne suffering a little bit in the final series last year, they might be out for a bit of redemption next year. Um, and Oliver, I think the first ones that easily score 140s, 150s. Do you so think the addition of Grundy helps him a lot? Yeah, um, yes and no. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens with their, with their ruck split and something like that. It'd be something interesting to see what other people think about that ruck split. Um, but yeah, Grundy, I mean, he's he's one of the best tap ruckmen alongside Gorn, so you'd only assume that it could help him a little bit. Um, you know, you could argue that it might not help him just because you've got two different ruckmen tapping down two different things each, you know, alternating centre bounces or whatever, but I reckon it won't make much difference. Um, they're good enough players to, to kind of figure it out pretty quickly and they would have played against him a lot of times anyway and sharked half his taps anyway. So I think it doesn't make much difference. Um, but, yeah, it'd be definitely interesting to see whether, you know, teams start paying a lot more attention to one of Petrarca and Oliver. I guess the, the frustrating part for opposition teams is that you take attention to one player and the other one dominates. So you know, whether or not they start paying more attention to a specific player that could well be Petrarca. Oliver tends to get off the chain a fair bit regardless. Yeah. Uh, Rucks, 
So uh, I can see you've got Marshall and Darcy Cameron in here. Um, have you, do you think Marshall could be a top five Ruckman or have you just picked him for the sake of, because he's a secure the player? Um, yeah, well, he's one that I guess um, doesn't help the Max King is out for, a, you know, essentially half a season. But um yeah, he's an interesting one because, you know, if King was in the side 100%, you'd, you'd chuck him in and he's scoring 120s all day because, you know, you take his high score ceiling until he gets injured. Obviously, he's got a history of becoming injured quite easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be definitely interesting to see come round one or come the first preseason game or whenever they do full match play, whether or what exactly his role is, whether um, they split it with Hayes or... You know, there's a fair chance even in round one, if Hayes is not ready, which I don't think he will be, um, they get uh, the North Melbourne Ruckman, I forgot his name, but... Um, hey. hey? Is it Heath? Yeah, not Max Heath, the old guy, Campbell. Um, oh. oh, if Heath is ready, then Heath, but, you know, one of those two to Ruck, and then Marshall spends a bit more time forward. But as a singular supporter, I hope that, you know, they do just chuck Marshall straight in and we can somehow figure out a different forward line because I think the biggest downfall we had last season was just putting it on King's head all the time. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what, what happens. And uh, obviously, uh, as Darcy Cameron picked himself for you um, at his price? Yeah, I mean, he's one that I can easily, I'm thinking about actually swinging forward. Um you know, you'd see what see what happens and then get, you know, someone else. But realistically, it's it's hard because you look at the likes of Grundy, he's got a reduced price, but he's obviously competing with Gorn, so that will impact his points. And as Jonah said, uh, Sean Darcy, you've got the likes of Luke Jackson, which it'll be interesting to see what happens there because uh, we saw the impact of Lloyd Meek taking all of Darcy's points. You can only see that getting higher with, with Jackson playing significant time in the ruck. Um, but Cameron, I mean, as, as Jonas said, and you would be well aware of as a Collingwood supporter, that if Cox is not playing, then Cameron takes a bulk of that ruck. And regardless of how Collingwood do or how many hits to advantage he, he does or doesn't get, he still scores, you know, hundreds or nineties pretty consistently. Yep. And uh, your forward line. So uh, I can see you've got Connor Rosie in there. Do you want to talk about that pick? Yeah, obviously he's a pretty, pretty popular one. Um, he's between him and Butters down at Port. I mean, Butters was in, was one that I think I got sucked into last season purely because of hype. And realistically, he wasn't playing full-time mid. Um, maybe more the, more so this year, but his body just doesn't really hold up in a 22-game season because of how small he is. But Rose is a bit different. It um, definitely showed towards the back end when I think Kenny Clitter decided to pull the trigger and he was scoring 130s easily in the midfield, and you see how damaging he is. Um, you know, saving 50k on someone like Cornelio um, helps a little bit fund-wise. But yeah, Rosie's prone to a stinker as all are, as are all forwards. But um, pretty happy with Rosie if he if he stays in the midfield. Obviously, if there's any sniff of him being in the forward line, then it's pretty quickly goodbye. But I'm happy to keep him in there for now for sure. Yeah. Uh, have you got anything to ask, Jonas? Were there any players here that you really wanted to fit in, but they just couldn't make the cut? Um, I wouldn't say fit in, but I would say that if 
I had probably an extra 100k, which is possible if I drop down one of the top four mids that I've got at the moment. Um, it'll be somewhat a bit more expensive in that defensive line, like a Yo or a Hunter Clark, for example. I think their scoring capability is a lot higher than, say, a Caulfield. Um, but, I mean, the other options for for a mid-pricer, um, or not mid-pricer, like a 500k midfielder, like a Tom Mitchell or something like that, is definitely on the cards. But I don't think there's anyone glaringly obvious that I think I'd be kicking myself not to have um, that I'd rather have you know compared to what I've got at the moment I think yep fair enough yep well uh, so uh, that's uh, Thomas's side and now we're moving on to the best side of all which is mine <laughs> um, now I will just put a disclaimer on this and say that I have very quickly made this side up before the uh just for the sake of the podcast, because uh, might not. So this is my side here. Oh, I've just gone big on the other screen. There we go. Right. So back line. So I'm not really happy with the Tom Stewart pick. Um, if I could find an extra twenty k and go up to Sicily, I would gladly do so. I think. I think opposition sides, I think they're going to study Geelong a lot in the off-season, and I think a big part of who Geelong were this year in 2022 was uh, what Tom Stewart was doing and his impact on games from an intercept point of view. Um, And I think opposition sides will try and target him in particular next year. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if come round one, he's actually not in my side or not in this side. Um, and I think Dawson and Dacos, I think, as you guys have said, picked themselves. I think they're both, they both could be the top two defenders at the end of the year. Um, I mean, I think Nick Dacos is a really good price, obviously, being a Collingwood supporter. I saw firsthand last year his impact on Collingwood's side and how they played. And I think as he gets older, he's put on a bit more weight. Um, I think he's primed for a bit more midfield time next year. Um, and Elliot Yo, I don't think Elliot Yo will be in there round one. I'm actually kind of disappointed he's not a forward. Because um, if he was a forward, I think given that my struggles in the forward line this year, I think he'd almost be one of the ones that I have picked. But I think he's a good price and he's a proven scorer. It's just his body's letting down. And uh, Caulfield, I'll, I'll leave Thomas to speak about Caulfield, but I think he's probably a bit underpriced for what he can put out. Um, and, uh, yeah, obviously, I think, as I said, the defenders aren't really that needy at the minute. I mean, the rookie. So uh, midfield, so Laird and Miller, I think, picked themselves. Um, I think Miller was desperately unlucky not to win a Brownlow medal Well. He only didn't win the Brownlow because of a legal technicality. So, obviously, uh, to not be the most expensive midfielder and have him, I think, is a good thing. And Laird, um, I think, is a really good, safe pick. Um, Davies, Uniac, I don't think he'll be in there round one, but I am sort of a bit on the hype train with him. I think he can easily bump up his average from what it was last year. I think he was just over the 100 mark. Um, and Tom Mitchell, um, he has become a bit of a love child for me since he crossed over. Um, I think he could be a 
sort of eclipse or near where some people overlook him. Um, but I think in that Collingwood midfield, I think he can get back to his best. Um, Ruck, so English and Marshall, I think English is actually a bit underpriced for, of, on his output last year. I think he had a few games where he copped injuries and suspensions and whatnot. And I think Marshall, I'm not as concerned about King being out. I still think he's their best pure Ruckman. And we saw last year without Ryder in the side, he just dominated games. So, um, yeah, I think for Ross the boss, I think best just to keep him in the Ruck and just let him sort of do his best work there. Uh, Forward line, again, I've had a lot of problems with picking forwards. At the minute, I've got, I haven't got Dunkley in there at the minute, um, which he will probably find his way in there come round one, but he's not there at the minute. So I think Cornelio is probably the safest one out of those forwards. Um, I have managed to get Darcy Cameron in the forward line. Um, I've got five. Uh, Oscar Allen, I think he probably won't be there, but I, I like his price and the role. I think he's pretty much in West Coast best sort of two key forwards. So I don't think there's any issue there with job security. Ben King, um, I think he's underpriced as well. And obviously, as I said, the other rookies are just sort of um, there as placeholders at the minute. But, yeah, that's sort of what I've whipped up in our sort of <laughs> or so. So uh, fire away if you've got any questions. Um, I think the glaringly obvious one is, are you concerned that, um, well, probably two questions then. You've got obviously Davis, Uniac and um, Mitchell, who, you know, could well be top 10 quite easily um, based off their scoring potential, um, especially Mitchell to a new club. But are you concerned that you're missing out on, say, like Bontempelli, um, who else, Oliver? Steele. Like, yeah, obviously Steele, um, that everyone else or a fair portion of people do have? Or do you think that, you know, you're saving money or you're not saving money necessarily, but you're reinvesting it elsewhere um, and saving it a little bit and then you're kind of confident that Mitchell and Uniac can can uh, at least match it with, with Blacks and Miller and Laird? Look, I think Tom Mitchell can because he's done it before. Um, you, Davies Uniac, as I said, he probably won't be there in round one, but I am sort of on his hype train. I really liked what he did in the back half of last year. And I think if there's anyone sort of at his age group at that price who can take the next step up, I think it will be him. But I think come round one, I think Davies Uniac will probably be upgraded to one of these Oliver or Bont types um, just because I think having missing out on one of them probably is going to hurt come round one and as the season starts. Yeah, that's fair. And I guess the second question I have is, um, obviously everyone's pretty much got Dunkley. Is he one that you are probably going to get anyway or is there a reason behind not starting him? Um, look, I, when I was explaining, I did say he probably will be in there come round one, but I just want to see what his sort of role is in the Brisbane side. He got moved around a lot last year. Yeah. Um, and it probably disrupted his own scoring a bit. But um, 
uh, there's just a, a wave of talent in that midfield there at Brisbane. As you know, there's Neil. They're adding in Will Ashcroft. Um, so you, you know, I just want to see sort of what his role is. But I think, as I said, I think come round one, um, I think Dunkley will sneak his way in there, and I think probably Bontempelli or Oliver will sneak their way in there as well. But at this stage. Um, I'm happy just to sit and wait on those guys and sort of see how they fit into their new clubs and what their roles are going to be. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jonas, have you got anything? No, I think Tom's covered it pretty much. I mean, with Dunkley, he is pretty expensive. I think you can afford to go without him purely based on that because you'll be able to get him sometime later on at a cheaper price. But I think his scoring output's going to be pretty consistent. So one where, because he's a forward, it's a pretty safe bet that he's going to be a good pick without being great. Yeah, yeah. and also there's the impact of, you know, what does Hugh McCluggage do to Dunkley? What does Jared Long does Lockie Neal do? Like, I mean, he might not even be in their best midfield centre-bounce group next year. So yeah, yeah, it'll be definitely interesting to see how it plays out um, come but, come preseason. Yeah, and as I said, as I've said right throughout the rookies, don't worry too much about the rookies. Um, I think the only ones who you probably need are Will Ashcroft. Um, at this stage, he's probably the only must-have, and I think everyone else and probably Toby McLean as well if he's fit. But otherwise, everyone else, I think you can just wait on them. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, um, I think that's all we got time for. And then the plan moving forward, I guess, is um, for everyone that might be wondering, going into pre-season, into round one, is well, obviously last season we did um, each team and that took up a fair bit of time and unfortunately don't have that time <laughs> this time no. around. So... What we'll be planning to do is leading up to round one and probably release about five to six podcasts um, going through, obviously, in much more detail once we get a bit more info on pre-season and things like that. We'll be going through each of the um, positions, so your mids, forwards, rucks um, and defence, and then we'll be looking on to bringing a guest or two closer into round one and then obviously, um, you know, the week of or the week before our, our, our annual um, round one set up going into the first first game of 2023. But um, until then, I guess we'll catch you until um, the first podcast into the new year.